there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Susan Feeney. So as I mentioned in the introduction, you really focus your work, Susan, on the communications and advocacy work in the fields of education, ed tech, and public health. Is that right? Yeah, it's a little broader because to be honest, the mix of my clients, while there are sort of what we consider anchor clients, it evolves all the time. And for me, that's what keeps it interesting. But really, global issues, education, public health. Yeah, that's the best way to define it. It gets a little varied from time to time. Cool. So let's dig into one of the engagements that you've had. And I know that you worked with an ed tech company called Handshake. It's a San Francisco. It's a startup and it's a career-based platform for college students to help them connect with potential employers. Right. What did GMMB, what did you and your team do for Handshake? I'm just thrilled to talk about that because they are an amazing organization and they are an example that we were mentioning of a for-profit. They're a startup started by a couple of guys who were in college in rural Michigan. And guess what? All of the big tech companies in the world, they didn't come knocking on their door to recruit. So they had a personal problem, right? Hey, Who is going to come and recruit us? We're awesome. We're engineers. We're smart economists, all that sort of thing. So they built a really beautiful platform where universities sign up and students can sign up online, put their resumes in there. The recruiters can come right there online and have the pick of all of these amazing students all across the country and with a whole new efficiency. So let's say I don't know, I'm GE and I'm supporting the Seattle Opera, but they need an engineer. So I got to find an engineer with some interest in opera. Like it's just an amazing platform and it has had explosive growth. So it was well on its way when they reached out to us because they were good at what they were doing. They were good at talking to universities, but they didn't really exist in the education space in the universe. So education reporters, education policymakers were not really plugged into why this was needed, why it was good. And this is super important. Handshake is taking all of the steps possible to protect student 
privacy. So they have a lot of data. Students can upload their grades. They can put all of these things that they want employers to see, but nobody wants to be hacked. So we helped Handshake talk about all the work they have done to protect privacy in an era where people are super concerned about that. And we helped them get better known and to be able to tell their story in the education space so that they were sort of aware of what was happening and that Handshake would find more partners who had a common interest. Gotcha. Great. One side note to our listeners, you may have heard there was some, it sounded like, I don't know, rattling in Susan's voice when she was responding to my last question. She lives right near the water, probably right on the water. And she thinks that it's the boats that are going by her house that are causing that. So apologies. It comes and goes and there's nothing that we can do about it. So please bear with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for noting that. Yeah, absolutely. So we should say that the services that you provided fall into the buckets of positioning and messaging Earned media, which you mentioned, and the reason that I think it's called earned media is because you earned it by the sweat of your brow, by pitching all those different news organizations. And then social strategy. What did you mean by social strategy? What was that piece? And how did you measure the success of the engagement, Susan? So social strategy was to help them not just use social media platforms, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, but to target the right audiences for that. One of the great advantages of digital advertising and digital communications is you don't have to talk to the entire universe. You can narrow down that audience that you want to have a conversation with. And we worked with them a little bit about that in some social campaigns to talk to people about, hi, like whenever there was a new offering on their platform, they want people to know about it. Whenever they had major milestones they were trying to communicate, we help them communicate with the right people. Gotcha. That's really helpful. Thank you. And what about the effect of the work that you did, the impact? How did you quantify? How were you able to demonstrate and illustrate to Handshake that the engagement was worth the money that they spent? Yeah, this is worth talking about too, because in this age, We think about whether it's Handshake or whether it's a nonprofit, people invest money that could very easily be put into something else. If you're a small nonprofit, what you put into communications, you really want to see those returns. So we live in a time where everything is tracked and quantified and quantifiable for two reasons. One, when you do it along the way, if something's not working, you want to know and you want to adjust. So say you're running three different posts with some boost, some buy behind them. And people are really, really clicking on one of them, but not the other two. So guess what? You're going to shift your effort to the one that works and is more successful with communicating with people. So we do it to calibrate and improve as we go. But we also want to be able to look at the end. What did we do right? What did we do wrong? Was it worth it? Should we try something else with you the next time if that was a tactic that didn't live up to our expectations? We own it. We all want to know whether things are successful or they're not because it helps us be better in the future. Definitely. And so what were you able to play back to Handshake that said, yeah, this was this was definitely a campaign that was well run. Say specifically on that kind of campaign, you are tracking 
how many people clicked on those social posts. And when they did, what was their engagement? If you were connecting people with their website, for example, how long did people stay on the website? What did they click on there? So you're tracking that activity in earned media that's pretty obvious. Placement of stories. Who wrote about Handshake? How many people saw those stories? What happened after the story? So you're always trying to report back and track basically the impact of the work that you do. What are conferences that you helped people get a speaking position at? How big were those audiences and what happened after? Wonderful. You've also worked on building issue-focused campaigns. Could you give us an example of one and maybe some of the moving pieces that were involved in developing that kind of campaign? Oh, yeah. I'll give you an example of one of my favorites. So I mentioned we worked with Bridge International Academies. They are based in uh, Nairobi and they have schools in, oh my gosh, Uganda, Kenya, Nigeria, and many countries in the poorest, poorest communities. So what was happening is that Bridge is not a nonprofit. It is a startup. It's an eight, nine-year-old startup now that allows communities, some of the poorest people in the world, they pay a small amount of money for schools that they then have say about how they're run, about who gets hired. And their schools greatly outperform the public or government schools in many, many places in the world. So they came under quite a bit of international criticism wrongly because some of their investors are, this will sound like a familiar list of our clients, Bill Gates, Piero Midyar, Mark Zuckerberg. And the critics would say the people who are against innovation in schools and learning, oh my, they're trying to get rich off of the poorest families in the world. And that could not be more wrong. So the campaign that we worked with them very closely to develop, we went to villages in Uganda and in Nairobi, and we talked to families and we asked them, given your limited income in the world, why do you do this? Why do you choose to go to this low cost private school? You can still see their stories and these videos on YouTube. If you want to look, the campaign is MyBridge and it's a hashtag and a campaign that they still use, which we're really happy about. But we were able to tell the stories of the people who love these schools and believe in them when highfalutin policy people in London were trashing them. We thought, no, we're going to go talk about and tell the real story of the difference they've made in these students' lives and the high schools they've gone on to. It's just an amazing, really, really touching story. But getting in there and raising their voices, no one was hearing from them. And so we were really delighted to do that. Wonderful. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.